Hey all, before we set off, just want to shine an important uh, nonprofit Osiris is promoting called Sweet Relief. Sweet Relief is providing immediate assistance to anyone in the music industry who has been financially impacted by COVID-19. They've received thousands of applicants for assistance. Applicants include artists, crew, venue workers, agents, managers, and photographers. Sweet Relief pays vital living expenses, including medical bills, health insurance, prescriptions, utility and telephone bills, groceries, auto-related expenses, and clothing. Applicants are being accepted now, so uh, if you are in need and you uh, fall in that category, um, please apply or, if able, donate it, donate to those in need at sweetrelief.org. That's sweetrelief.org. Now, let's get this party started. To the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and we have with us today, you know him from uh, the Picard episode, from the Ozark Season 3 episode, writer, editor, artist, uh, one of the Welcome to the Party Pal team, Chris Thompson. How are you feeling today, Chris? Feeling great, Mike. Happy to be here again. Nice. Let's uh, let's rock this one. This is um, this is what this is is the beginning of a journey, uh, a three part series. We're gonna we're gonna do here an exploration of HBO's leftovers. The leftovers is the supernatural mystery drama created by Damon Lindelof and Tom Parada. Uh, it's based on Parada's novel of the same name. The series begins three years after the sudden departure, a global event that resulted in two percent of the world's population disappearing. In it, the lives of police chief Kevin Garvey, who that's uh, Justin Thoreau, his family, along with grieving widow Nora Durst, that's the incredible Carrie Coon, and, their, uh, and her brother, Reverend Matt Jamison, that's Chris uh, Eccleston, um, their, their lives are intertwined as they struggle to adjust to life after the departure. You all know what The Leftovers is, I'm sure. Uh, season one aired in 2014 in the final season in uh, was season three in 2017 so it's been out there for a bit so that's why it's a 
a fun thing to discuss here because uh, the whole thing is out there at your fingertips to get into and binge if you need it. And uh, it's also, it's, it's so thought provoking. It's intense. It's, it's an intense and unique piece of art. Um, but it's also really amazing to visit or revisit in our case, the leftovers right now in the age of COVID-19. Wouldn't, would you say, would you say it's kind of, um, it, you know, really t- it, it, hold on. Wouldn't you say that it, um, it really, it, it becomes oddly relatable um, this, this time? Oh, oh definitely, Mike. Uh, the show has some uncanny parallels to what we all are currently dealing with in the age of uh, COVID-19. Uh, this show specifically, you know, asks some very powerful and difficult questions and sort of just wonders how people would react um, just as individuals and as a society um, you know, when a tragedy that sort of is outside of human comprehension occurs. I mean, I, yeah. I would say that, you know, the having 2% of the world's population suddenly disappearing versus, you know, a, um, a virus pandemic are not exactly the same thing, but it nope. definitely, definitely pushes some of the same buttons when you start to sort of think about how you cope with the, the, new, the new normal that arises out of a um, incomprehensible, incomprehensible tragedy. Um, so yeah, yes. well, what we're talking about is, um, you know, a mysterious event, regardless of the numbers, and I know we'll get into that, um, where swarms of people are, are, are either lost or afflicted and um, throughout the whole world. And everything afterwards will never be the same. I mean, that's, those, are the, like, the, those are the strongest parallels right there. Just... It seems I, I I believe this will change a whole lot what we're dealing with, and that obviously changed so much. And um, yeah, the show I mean it, it it looks at you know it can kind of be I guess a looking glass into our our um, you know sudden, uh, near future where they explore how people grieve and you know the existential um, you know loneliness and thoughts they deal with and just kind of like this. Uh, comprehensive uncertainty and fear that you're faced with after, after something so drastic and, 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 and unexplainable. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think about COVID, they like, you don't see it out there unless it's affecting someone in your life. It's in both cases, it's also this invisible, um, you know, villain. Definitely. I, I, I think the show and what we are all currently experiencing is forcing us to think about things that maybe we haven't spent very much time thinking about, or we, practice avoidance behavior or other types of behavior to distract us from thinking about these things. Um, you know, uh, you know, some of these struggles are real. I mean, in, in the, the fallout from sort of some of the events that the the major event that happened on the leftovers, um, the sort of the great departure is that, you know, people start to question their religion, um, their mortality, um, the uncertainty of the future, um, their personal relationship within with their own mind and sort of, you know, and, you know, um, themes of like grief and feeling like they're left behind, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to pack into a show and, you know, it is definitely, this show is not easy to watch because it deals with <laughs> such weighty things, but I, you know, it, it, that's part of the draw and the power because they get to build this massive world around the exploration of these things that maybe is not something 
something that would keep you up at night if you think about any <laughs> one of these things, let alone tackle them all at once simultaneously without having any no answers. Doubt. At least with the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic, we know who our, you know, to put in quotes, enemy is, you know? But yeah, it's when, not as mysterious by any no, means. No, no, no exactly. Way. We know exactly who the threat, where the threat is coming yep. from and how to direct our resources. But, you know, with the great departure where, you know, 2% of the world's population just disappears instantly, it, there's, there's no place to direct your anger or your guilt or your frustration or yep. your sadness. So it, it makes it sort of the struggle harder, I feel. No doubt about the the mystery involved makes it so much harder. It's it's there's nothing to understand. I mean, you see it in the first episode when you know I, they do a great job, and I love this in films and television when they world build like through the news or something you're seeing on the TV, and you're seeing hearings taking place in, in what uh, Washington, and where the 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 results are. We don't know anything. There's nothing coming in. They have no idea. Um, I love you. You dropped a line. I just really like the questioning relationships with their own mind. It's, it's really, <laughs> yes. it does. It gets, it gets, you know, sanity, your own sanity is at, at stake with something like this, but you also mentioned world building. And I know that's something that, that me and you appreciate in fiction so much. And, and that is something that's so special here. And, 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 and this, this departure is what the whole world is built around where, um, you know, uh, it, there's, Hundred and um, I think it's 140 people uh, were departed. That's one in every 50, um, and it just it, it what it does is just whisk you right into this world, um, and, and to show you what what it might look af- look like after a disaster like this, and more importantly, you know what um what the people what what these what these uh, specific people are to look like. But um y- you know you, you you mentioned religions as well when they build this world. What has happened is mainstream religions have suffered because, I mean, like their promise um, is kind of unfulfilled. You know, they, this is they don't know what this is, but it's not what they were being sold. So cults have emerged, as we see uh, people are broken and confused. Conspiracy theories have have begun to come rampant. It's a it's it's a unique world. And I know you appreciated the world building that 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 took place that set up the season. Oh, most definitely. Uh, You know, you come to me with the premise for the show that, you know, an apocalyptic event has happened and suddenly all these societal and emotional vacuums are created. And, you Mm -hmm. know, that's how it is in the world of leftovers. You know, there's this huge vacuum and a vacuum wants to be filled with things. And so, like you said, you get cults, you get false prophets, you get opportunists. Sadly, you get violence, you get uh, people being Mm -hmm. disillusioned, Um, you know, a a lot of the youth have started rebelling against the norms, you know, against the rules of society. And, you know, there, you know, there's a powerful scene in one of the episodes where the kids are on the beach, you know, and they're just they're just just chanting. Uh, go fuck ourselves, go fuck ourselves, go fuck ourselves, you know, because they have taken on this nihilistic approach to life where it's just like, what's the point? You know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. the end isn't nigh, the end is here. So why are we going through the motions of um, having relationships, listening to our parents, getting jobs, going to school? I mean, and so when you start to unpack all of that, you start to think of the world that you can build just by going mm-hmm. down the avenue of one of these concepts, let's say just people yep. being disillusioned with their, you know, with reality and the purpose of life. And then you start to also think about religion, like, you know, family, um, ha- why even do anything? You know, it, it starts yep. to really open this huge can of worms that really, I think, draws you in as 
powerful and as difficult as it is to watch sometimes, because these are very existential themes, you know, and, you know, a lot of it centers around loneliness and uncertainty and guilt and violence and just sort of just disaffection with your place in the world. These are very weighty Mm. things and they're hard to sort of, you know, you you can't just watch six episodes in a row, I feel like, because it's just, it's just too (laughs) much. You you, you need to break it up. There's a lot of hurt. Yeah. You got to break it up in the episode of Seinfeld or something like that, or, you know, just to, (laughs) you know, balance out all the pain. But, you know, within all that pain is a lot of, a lot of stuff that I'm really attracted to in terms of, uh, good television show um you know and, yeah you know, and no they, no doubt the 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 acting's fantastic i'm uh, just to uh bring it back to what you were saying i actually do that when i'm watching um shows i always have like a comedy going <laughs> like uh like usually some sort of animation thing like you know right. sci-fi thing and then you know the weightier shows i'm i, I, I try to mix it up because it just you can get brought into these holes and this is this one specifically and yeah, there's. I mean, there's so so much to appreciate, and, and the acting is so so stellar. And Justin, yeah. some of Justin Theroux's best work. I'm the biggest Carrie Coon fan. I just I think she is so tremendous, and as the seasons progress, it's, I think she just gets even more and more outstanding. She's one of my favorite actresses out there. Really. Oh, definitely. Um, but um, to bring it back, that we can't not mention that one of the things they um, showed us in this world building was that the world had lost. Um, Gary Busey, mm-hmm. it's lost Shaquille O'Neal, um, Anthony Bourdain, which was, which, uh, you know, yeah. well, it's not fun to see at this point, but, uh, also the whole, um, the whole cast of perfect strangers departed, which is, <laughs> that was, there's a little bit of humor in some of these ones and some of the, there's, there, there's funny moments. I, 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 I don't know in some of the surrealism, like it's not all just dark, dark, dark. I have a lot of fun watching the show too, but but overall, the themes are deep. It's a really good point because it, it sort of brings up the idea of like, well, why did the entire cast of Perfect Strangers and Anthony Bourdain and Shaquille O'Neal and the Pope all get departed, but you know, the other ninety-eight percent of the world not get departed? And you know, it's a question that lingers. And sort of is this suffocating blanket all over the show and the world they've made, you know? And I, I think, you know, you start to wonder, you start to scratch your head and say, yeah, why? What, what is the whole point of this? Like, are, were yeah. these people not needed? Like, for whatever that means, yep. is there some bigger religious battle, like, struggle going on here? Like, biblical nature? Was it some sort of, you know, um, you know, um, uh, devil, satanical force, something like that. I mean, like, so you start to, you start to, like, well, as you watch, you balance light and dark. Who's up? Who's down? Who's who's pulling the strings here? What's it really about? And that really draws you deeper into the show because you know you got to wonder, like, you know, um, you know, uh, why wouldn't you want to have Gary Busey around for the end of the world? I mean, I feel like you want to have my <laughs> well, team, you know? Yeah, they try to figure out, it's, and and they're all trying to figure out if there is. A correlation between them. You see, um, Nora. She's doing her testing where she's going and 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 meeting with all the families, and she's trying to figure out. Um, you know, she does the questionnaire about the departure, okay. and then uh, Matt's running around, and he is. You know, he's trying to really hold on to his old his his the, the, a religion that's that's being a more traditional religion that's 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 falling apart. His thing is that. It's it, it wasn't the rapture. He's he's going around telling people that bad people were taken too because all of a sudden they started reframing all these people as heroes. It starts out with Heroes Day, and he's like, "No, this is not the case. These are not all heroes. This is something else. The 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 heaven and the the religion and everything that we've been been t- promising you is still possible, mm-hmm. but 
this is just something else we don't know, which is really wild. I like that they chose um, to to go out three years later instead of just like the immediate fallout of that. Uh, give a little time for the world to rebuild, rebuild afterwards and see where it stands at that point in moving forward. I thought that was a nice choice. Um, this show is deep with symbolism, and I don't think there's any way we can unpack all that right now or, or would even want to. There's, I mean, there's Reddit holes you can dig into. I mean, and, and in the first season, it, it really centers around Justin Thoreau's character, um, Chief Kevin, and... Um, the deers are a big one and that we find out that he was sleeping with someone and uh, was going to leave his family with, with a woman who, who ended up hitting a deer. And so that was, you know, a lot of that, the the symbolism is, is all in uh, Kevin's mind, whether it's uh, the dogs that he's chasing or just this inner turmoil is playing out in this surreal way. And other mailbox, which I believe is kind of, um, you know, where he hides his dark secrets. And there's, there's a lot of symbolism. What, what did you take away from some of those sim- symbolism? There's a lot to read into. Well, and, and there's, there's a lot that, there's a lot there to unpack. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the fact that um, uh, Kevin Garvey, um, he, the police chief, he has a sleepwalking condition where at night he goes out with uh, another fella and they just, they just, they murder dogs, you know? Um, yeah. and he has no idea that he's, he's doing it. Um, you know, or he's struggling. Yeah, to, there's multiple sides yeah, to he's him. struggling to figure out what's going on. And, and, you know, so he's, he's understanding that he has like an, another personality who is completely, mm-hmm. um, able to walk around, direct people, do things, think things that is, you know, um, ulterior to his personality. I, I found, I found that really fascinating. You know, I, I, I found, um, again, like, like the, the nature imagery, you find a lot of times he's just looking into the woods and think in, in I'm talking about Kevin Garvey again, the police chief again, he thinks sure. he's seeing movement and he's sort of, you know, wondering what's going on. And then like, you know, he'll see a deer and it won't be there. And like, you know, there's, there's, it's a good interplay of nature coming into their lives in ways that, mm-hmm. you know, are unsettling, but they're not actually violent. They're just like a presence of an animal or um, mm-hmm. the tracks an animal left or the marks it made knowing it was there. And sometimes just seeing the animal or just missing it and hearing the rustle of it, you know? So it does a good job of building um, these other aspects of the show, the tension, the uncertainty, you know, just reminding yep. you that things aren't normal in this town, in this state, yeah, in this country, in this world, you know? Um, and there's something, and then there's more... There's more than meets the right. eye, there's, there's and that's something that's it's that 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 set up. And I mean, you could think of that anyways because we're dealing with the Damien uh, Damien Lindelof right. show that there's there's going to be something um, surreal. But yeah, it's it's um, you know Kevin obviously he's he's worried about his sanity for sure. And that's the, one of my favorites. They do a great job of the openings and the ends of shows that they're really really powerful. In the end of the second episode, he is um, he takes apart the bagel machine. Mm-hmm just to make sure that the bagel didn't like was still there, that it wasn't lost it or it wasn't going crazy. It didn't depart uh, for real. Um, right. And so, yeah, he's really, really fighting with his sanity throughout this, which is really intense to watch. So the core of season one is one of those cults we, we spoke of earlier, and that's the guilty remnant. And this is, this is, this is kind of um, the driving force of the season is, is the guilty remnant versus kind of the townspeople because they uh those chain smoking um white clad nihilists that they are they are not okay with people moving on which is so wild it's just it's they they, they want to make sure that people 
remember what happened, you know? And that's, I mean, because the, the show starts out with that Heroes Day I alluded to earlier, where they were trying to use that as a real moment to kind of, you know, it, let's, like, let's use this, let's celebrate them, and then let's move forward with life. And they, they, they made sure to come up that day and make a scene and, and you know, it just be like, we're not going to let you move past this. And that's, it's, it's pretty messed up. It, yeah, I agree. It's very messed up. I, I think it's in human nature to want to move on from a tragedy. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's healthy. It, it's healthy. From, we, we, we have a finite amount of time and, and, exactly. and, and they, their, their idea was to just, you know, make sure that we, we harp on this and they would do some fucked up things. I mean, you know, uh, in the Christmas episode, they went into everyone's home and they were, they were taking out, um, you know, the pictures of the people that they, that, that they cherished and they lost. Terrible and things. That's devastating. And, and yeah, there's a, after um, what the woman in the guilty, guilty remnant got killed and, um, you know, uh, uh, Lori, um, Amy Brenneman's character, uh, Justin Thoreau's uh, wife, she was all, she looked a little surprised and, and Liv Tyler, this cast is awesome. Yeah. I just been <laughs> saying these names, um, you know, she's like, were you, su- are you surprised? Are you surprised about this? You know, we, we want them to remember something right. they want to forget. Right. Of course they're pissed of off. Of course. Yeah. I mean, these, so you know, I think humanity, like, like I said, they want to they want to move on, but they don't want to forget. So we try to strike a balance. You know, we create memorials, we celebrate anniversaries. You know, we we remind ourselves about their loss, but we get on with our lives. The guilty remnant, they don't want to get on. They want to stay stuck and they want to keep reminding you so that you never forget. And I think through these increasingly like just. Um, twisted and nefarious schemes, you know, that they're um, um, doing, you know, to the townspeople of Mapleton, you know, um, it it reaches a boiling point where the, the town just starts to rebel against them. And, you know, you, yep. you start Ex- getting it. Understandably. Yeah, understandably. I mean, they're doing terrible, terrible, hurtful things to people who mm-hmm. lost their entire family, who lost their yep. children, who lost their partners. I mean, these people, three years on, I, I, I don't think people are any doing good at all i mean like you know i mean (laughs) people are you can't just you can't just forget that the person on the couch next to you suddenly disappeared and you have no idea Mm -hmm. why where they are how they're doing and you're left to live your life i mean so so you know i I, you find in the show you know people trying to move on they're trying you know and it's in our nature to try and move on and i give them a lot of credit for it but they have these um antagonists in, in the guilty remnant here just on the daily, just in their face, just reminding them that, you know, you know, the world ended three years ago and we're here yep. to remind you and don't try to just keep going on. We like, like things are going to get better because they're not. And that's, that's a hard thing to deal with day in and day out when you're just trying to get up, go to work, you know, just, you know, get through the day and come home and not fucking blow your brains out. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you're just trying, you're just trying to get out of bed in the morning. I mean, I, I want to give it a, uh, um, a mention of Ann Dowd too. She's so great. She's Patty. Fantastic. She's the head of the Guilty yeah. Remnant. I mean, we know her from Handmaid's Tale, and uh, she's just she's just she's so serious. But um, I mentioned Lori. Um, she she's a very very interesting character and pivotal in this season, as um, you know she she seems all in at times in the Guilty Remnant, but we find out she isn't, and she's torn like anyone's torn. They, they, all these characters, I would I would say almost besides Patty and. Uh, 
Wayne, which we're going to talk about him, who, uh, and, uh, but kind of like the heads of the church. And I'd say, Matt, they are all in on what they believe, but everyone else is really, really trying to figure it out. And we find out that she is, you know, more, um, missing her family or her regular life more than we think of when, you know, he gives her the lighter that says, don't forget me. And she pretends to drop it down the grate. And then at the end of another great closing scene at the end of the episode, we find her reaching in and trying to get it back. Cause she's, and that's just so symbolic. She's reaching, trying to, you know, maybe hold on to some bit of that regular life. But, uh, it's just, that's, it's, it's something that, I don't know. It's watching her torn between worlds with something else. And, you know, her, um, another amazing scene with Lori, it was just the next episode was when she was sitting in the diner with Patty and Patty was talking. And that was actually a very great episode for Patty, uh, where she becomes humanized, where she tells a little bit about her story. And, um, that was, yeah, it's just, it's wild. These, the, everyone is completely torn trying to figure it out. And it's just, it, it's, it's, to describe it broken does not even describe there was one one other scene when that, that just came to mind when i said that when um um the uh, chief says to uh his daughter's friend who was living with him he's like is she okay talking about his daughter and she, she goes she goes uh julie she doesn't do okay <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's not something it's not even possible to do okay you know <laughs> yeah i mean i'll just go back to this theme i mean this show is not easy viewing, you know, because it's, it's, it's this very weighty things going on. You see all these people mm-hmm. hurting and you, I mean, you're just for an entire season, you're just perpetually witnessing people struggling to accept a new reality and move on. And they can't, it's just really, really hard. I mean, you, you've cracked this egg wide open and all this hurt is spilling out and people are <laughs> trying, yeah. trying to move on, man. And, and it's just, it, it, it's, it's, you can see how hard it is. And I, I love the world building and, and that they're able to create here and how they show the struggle. I mean, you know, I, I remember when I first started watching the show, the first season, I was like, man, just think about like the pharmaceutical industry. Like they've got to be, there's got to be so many prescriptions for like anti-anxiety medications. Oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, um, you like you, drug use must be through the drug roof. Use through the, through the roof. I mean, you, you see some hints, you know, some subtle, um, oh. world building going on. If you look at like some advertisements on like billboards or like bus stops, uh-huh. um, what'd you see? Benches, you see like, there, I think there's this one company is called, um, Arivesa, I think. And I, I, uh-huh. I, I think they sell like a, um, a anti-anxiety drug, like some sort of cocktail <laughs> because you know, they have yeah. this, uh, slogan. I think it's in the, the fourth episode of the first season when Tom Garvey's just left the hospital and like, he's at the bus stop mm-hmm. and he's waiting to get a, a phone call. Um, on his, on his smile. He's got the target yeah, on, his, on, his smiley, on his forehead. On his smiley yeah. face phone. And on the back of the bench, yeah. you see the Arby Vesa advertisement. Oh, and it yeah, says, yeah, and it yeah. Says their, their slogan is rise to your potential. You know, so it's just pretty cool. So, like, you think about, okay, so, like, they've thought about the whole, like, you know, you know, how, how, you, you got to medicate all these people because they're probably freaking out, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, like, so yep. it's got to be, like, you know, yeah, there's this vacuum to fill. There's, there's cults. There's opportunists, there's, you know, pharmaceuticals to medicate people, you know, there's all these coping mechanisms, there's scientists trying to like grasp at, you know, you know, straws in the dark, trying to like find some sort of statistical reason why the people who left did so they can try and just make some sense of something that you actually can't make any sense of. I think that's just the biggest struggle here is just there's been this like psychic break with the fabric of reality and people are just trying to no go doubt. about life like nothing <laughs> is wrong 
And man, yeah. I don't know. And you everything you throw me in that world. I don't know if I could do it, man. I tell you, I'd just be. Yeah. No, no, it's hard. no doubt. It's, I, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm, Everyone um, kind of try to make sense of what's happening right. in our world right, right. now. And, and, and this is, like we said, there was, at least there's something explainable. There's three episodes um, um, that I'd like to kind of uh, point to. Um, the last two, I'd like to get into those. But one before that, uh, was it was the sixth episode. It's called Guest. Uh, it's, it starts out, and this is why it's very, very rememberable, is when um, Nora... She has a she hires a car call girl to come to her house so she can uh, shoot her, which is really just a big big scene, right? Showing uh, the amount of pain she's going through, but that's also the one where she goes to a conference and she goes into uh, she comes into New York City, and um, uh, the conference was really cool. It was good. To, it was wild to see all again more world building outside, all the picketing. Excuse me, all the picketing um, going out front. I mean, you could think of think of it, even you're seeing it right now in um, in reality. All the conspiracy theorists and all the uh, ideas people are coming up with. Can you imagine what they would come up with in that world? It just must be insane. And you get to see that a lot in the city. But that was uh, also she's at a party where uh, a guy. Um, it's uh, it's he's played by he's a, he's a pretty good, really good character actor uh, Billy. I think it's. Um, McGovern, I can't think of it. He's in the show Maniac, but uh, he shows her this body that he makes. He makes so they can bury somebody, right. you, you know? The corpse salesman, um, but yeah. that was The doppelganger. The corpse salesman. salesman, yeah. Exactly. And um, so that comes into play, and I'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, this is where she, she, I think this is an important scene, when she runs into the guy at a bar who he's, he's, he's lost his whole family. And he's wrote a book and it's a bestseller book and he's all happy. And she thinks it's so fucking fake that how can he be happy? And all what's so, so this is what I think is so poignant is, 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 is this idea, even if you were able to find happiness, like I, she struggles with the idea. Is it even okay to feel happy right. again? Like, is it right with, with everything that that's happened? Is it okay? Should, should you, should you be allowed yourself to do it? So that actually led to her meeting, you know, someone saw her, what she was dealing with and explained that that guy had his pain being taken away. And, and so she was led to Holy Wayne, who I just, I love. I thought he was an amazing character. He's played by Patterson Joseph, um, who's in, I always like to point out when he comes up, he came out up on our, um, the end of the fucking world episode. Uh, Cause he's in our intro for welcome to the oh, party. He's fantastic. Pal. From peep sh- He's from Peep Show. Show. Alan, he's uh, from that movie. Yeah, the Alan he's a great actor. Yes, he is. He is so yeah. good. And this is a fantastic role for him. But I, the scene where he hugs Nora and he's attempted to take her yeah. pain away, I find that so deeply affecting. And, and, and again, and I'm, glad, I'm glad I just thought of it. I mean, a lot of this um, effectiveness is really heightened by the score, the sa- like the soundscapes of, of Ma- Max Richter's. Um, his composition is just, it's so uniquely leftover. It's so, it's so, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's haunting. Right. It's really, it's really haunting. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you chose to speak about episode six of this first season because it's, uh, it's called yeah, guest. Yeah. I, I think it's my favorite episode one because I, I'm just uh-huh. a really big fan of Nora Durst. And as, 
as the yes. as the show progresses, um, you know, I think people who haven't seen her will understand why she's she's just a phenomenal character, and she's a lot of depth to her, and she's very brave. I think it becomes her it show. It becomes her show. Yeah, she's a very brave. I think it becomes her yeah. show. I think that's fair Rightfully to say. So yep. she earns it, you know. Um, but you know, yep. I, I like the the episode, you know, one because uh, you know I, I like Nora, two because it's just some some fantastic world building and something that seems probably not so exciting, just like a. Um, conference, you know, at a hotel yeah. in New York that yep. deals with, you know, some bureaucratic nonsense around departure. Like, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. all the red tape and, and processing people and how you get payouts and like, you know, all this governmental stuff that, you know, you have to have in a functioning society. Um, and so <laughs> yeah. that's just, I, I just, I just eat that stuff up with a spoon. I love it. But then, you know, the third thing yep. I like about it is that this, I think this episode does an excellent job of sort of just illustrating the anxieties that people are struggling with on both sides, the people who have just given up, you know, all the protesters and like, you know, they're, you mm-hmm. know, and the people who are still trying to make a go at it and they're constantly rubbing up against each other. And, you know, yeah. Like, and that scene is very powerful when Nora meets that author of that best-selling book. I think his name is like Patrick, uh, Johansson. Or something. I think it's Patrick Johansson was a writer. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. Holy Wayne had, you know, taken away his pain. You know, and she calls him out saying, you know, that that's bullshit, you know, because I think Nora gets it. You know, moving on is impossible, man. How do you move on? Nora lost yeah. her husband and her two kids when, when her back mm-hmm. was turned to them after she had just scolded her kid for spilling juice. I mean, like and then her kids disappeared and you want her to move on. It wasn't her fault that her, her kids and her husband went away and she's left with the guilt. And she's faced with this guy saying that. You know, he's moved on and she calls him out on his bullshit and rightfully so because yeah. you can't take away that stuff from somebody, you know, and if you, if you say you are, no. you're, you're selling snake oil or you've, you've got a really good drug, you know, and what kind of living is, what kind yeah. of living is that? So I think it's a very powerful episode. Or you found, yeah, or you found some way to rationalize yourself and, and more power to you in that case. It just doesn't make sense that that would right. be the case. Or just hide from the pain, um, man, you know, stick your head in the hole, yeah. which is not something Nora yeah, never does. No. Nope. She's so direct. She's, uh, yeah, I admire everything about oh her. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing character. Another, um, the final two episodes I really want to point at is the final two episodes of the season. Um, episode nine was um, a really, it was a banger and it was really unique. It's called the Garveys at their best. And um, it opens uh, where everything was, was um, kind of surrealistically Definitely. different. And it was kind of ideal. And, you know, there's classical music playing there. The Garveys are as they were as a family in this postmodern home. And it really, this one reminded me um, of like a beginning of Lost. Right. Where, you know, because they would have the, uh, and, you know, that's Lindelof show too. Where they would have, uh, show you this different world in the beginning of one of the, the episodes. And I just, this, this, this one, it's really really an important um episode but that 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 utopia that that seeming utopia you find out that their family's fucked anyways and that Nora's relationship and her family's thing but you see what they had you see in, in that 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 it, you know it, it was a lot and things were normal per se and that even makes it that hits home you know more what they lost when you see that other side of things you you, you realize just how how big a deal it is, what went down. Oh, definitely. I mean, you get, I think the title is very apt, the Garvey's at their best. Yeah, because you <laughs> at their see, best, yep. This is peaking. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of, you know, they've reached the apex of where they want to be. Yeah, are they happy? Not really, I don't think so. But 
you know, for all intents and purposes, the smoke and mirror mirage of them being successful and being on top of their shit is there, you know? But then once you start to pull the curtain back, you see that they still have their struggles, you know? Um, Kevin has yep. his, his own uncertainty. He doesn't want to live. The- he's, he's unraveling. He's, unraveling. He's, yeah. he's already unraveling, right. no doubt he, about it. And he's got the... the Insanity in his family, whatever, whatever right. that exactly is. But he's he's in a bad right. spot, as you were he's saying. He's hiding cigarettes on his jogging route. He's thinks he's seeing yeah. animals in the woods. You know, uh, he doesn't yeah. want to get a fucking dog, and his and his 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 wife wants to get one. And you know, the dog feels like a surrogate for a kid. You know, and stuff like that. You know, so the, you yeah. know, and then he, I love his um his father's got a pep talk to him <laughs> at the at the party, right. and he's uh he looks at him and he's like you know because he's he's. His, his son's trying to figure it out. You know, it's a midlife crisis, what I, yeah. I look at it is, plus, plus some other things, but he's trying to figure out, he's trying to find meaning, and his dad looks at him, he's like, he's, you know, he's like, you have no greater purpose. Right. Because it is enough. He's like, it is enough. And I think he's just referring to living is enough, and then he's like, now cut the shit. Exactly. Which I thought was really, really, really wild. But you're right. So it is, it's kind of, you know, we're seeing their lives kind of fulfilled to what it was, but yes, things are things are fucked. But uh, then, and I didn't even know what the timeline was exactly in the first time you're watching it. But you realize you're just they brought you back just a few days before the departure, yeah. and so you you were building up back up to the departure once again, and then. And this was a punch in the gut. We got another view view of the event of the departure, and you know we we see the kids at school, and you know the kids disappear just from around them. We learn that Lori, uh, her her baby in her stomach, she was getting a sonogram. That's why that's why she got so broken and and so fucked up. She the, the baby in her stomach departed. That is so intense. And then then we find out about um you know um Kevin sleeping with someone at the moment, the person he was sleeping with at that time departed. I mean, these, we get to that backstory. That episode was so I mean, intense. You, you want to talk about casting a character, you know, um, in a boat on an ocean full of pain and suffering. I mean, you're yeah. at the doctor's office, you know, getting an ultrasound, watching the screen, smiling, looking at your unborn baby. And it just dis- disappears from the screen. You parallel, yep. you flip that coin over, and Kevin Garvey, you know, is having mm-hmm. sex with a woman, which is the exact opposite of being pregnant. You know, oh, he's cheating yes. on his wife, though, yeah, and he's in the he's well in mid coitus, mid thrust, and the woman he's having yep. sex with disappears. So they're both coming at yes. it from you know like a a, a a reproductive, sexual, intimate angle, but they're both having something wrenched away from them in a moment of bliss. You know, w- one is more you know you know of the heart, and one is more sort of more like of the mind. You know, infatuation. But but yep. I mean that's a powerful way to just end an episode. I mean they just slammed the fucking door shut on them and said, all right. Now your life as you know it is fucking over. <laughs> now good luck y- 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 drifting on the shores of this new world, you know, on, on the ocean of this new world. Mm-hmm. Why this new world? I mean, it, it's it's surely explained a lot of of where they were yeah. at too, especially Lori, because you're wondering, you know, because I mean, how could you? You have two children. I know you'd you end up losing them, but you know, how could she leave them? Um, to go to go to this cult, but do you realize right then all bets are off? What you what you oh, dealt yeah. with? I didn't like her for the first 
uh, nine and you know it's probably eight and three quarters episode whatever it took for yeah. me to see that final yep. scene because I was just like you cold bitch I mean like you know me, me, me and you we have kids you know you have how something you, to live for you, you have yeah. something to live yeah. for how do you walk away from that I don't care that's what Nora doesn't right. have exactly and that's the contrast yeah. between Laura and, that, and that's Nora what she, she, yeah. that is so good yep. yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic episode it's um, a very good episode yeah, no, the 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 the, not, the the penultimate episode of season one was just such a banger. Episode ten, the prodigal son returns. Uh, the um, beginning starts. You know, this thing is keeps building um, uh, through episode eight and nine about what the guilty remnant's about to do on Memorial Day, and um, they they set off to do it in the beginning of episode ten, and the uh, it's set to the string arrangement of uh, Metallica's. Um, Nothing else right. matters, which is so <laughs> bang. And I think that's by I think they used the one by uh, uh, Apocalyptica, uh, which is a string Fantastic. band that, that does stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but it's so so dope. Um, but I mentioned it earlier. But the Guilty Remnant is so fucked up. They, I mean, this is where they go in and leave human dolls. Uh, the dolls that we we referenced already, which was which was written into episode six, which is right. so cool to to, to have have bring that, that arc back, already right? established. That bring that arc back. It's it's such a well written show. It's I mean, this is what Damon does, uh, as we saw with Watchmen too. This is that's his show. But um, they 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 it, they you know that's just so it was so wrong, especially when you saw it in Nora's house. Um, and so you do, you see these people flip out and, 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 you know, basically riot and burn down their houses. And, and the, the truth is, I mean, you, you really, really get it. You, you, you makes, it makes sense again, like I said earlier, um, you know, why they would freak out. That's, that's so absolutely so messed up. Oh, it's, it's totally messed up. I mean, so you have to. We rewind it a little bit and just think about how the guilty remnant have been terrorizing these people in the town. And th- this mm-hmm. happens all over the country, and I imagine the world. You know, there's branches of this cult who are doing this to people that they target. I mean, you take away family pictures. I mean, okay, you, you, want, you yeah. go to someone's house and you, you rob them. You, you take their TV. You take their jewelry. Mm-hmm. You, take, you take their car. Those can all be replaced. Way better. If, if Way better than the pictures, no and doubt. you take... Family photos, that shit cannot be replaced, man. That is some yep. fucking dark shit, man, okay? And then that is j- just when you think it couldn't get any worse, then they go and order all of these doppelgangers of all these people who were lost, and they put them in their houses so when they wake up, they fucking see them, man. Oh, my God. Talk about throwing a match on a powder keg. I mean, like, it, it, it is Absolutely. just like. I would lose it. I'd, I would lose it. I would charge right down. I would I, anyone who was dragging the the people from the guilty yeah. remnant out of their out of right. their home is something that just made complete sense to me, which is which I love that I love when um, you understand why a normal person would right. break because um, sometimes when you see that in, in films and television um, or even in, in, in books, even as you're reading along and you don't fully get why they would get that. I mean this they, they this makes tons of sense. Um, Two other things to point to at the in this episode. Uh, I just thought Justin throws acting, and it was uh, maybe some of the best of his career when he's sitting in the um, diner with Matt. There was just that scene with them talking, and it's it's. I, I've watched it multiple times. It's stunning. He's 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 really gifted. I don't think sometimes he gets enough credit for how wonderful he is. And then the end. 
I thought it was such a wonderful turn, um, a fantastic piece of writing, the way they, they culminated it in, in just just a perfect way with Nora's life being saved by finding Wayne's abandoned mm-hmm. baby at the doorstep. Right. That it, 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 it could have come off too forced or too, too much or something, but they just, they kind of, you know, weaved it, you know, all those pieces together to meet at the right time where she was out. She was, she was literally on her way out. She was, she was writing her suicide letter and she, she was, she was writing and it was very deep too. She wrote, I, I want to believe it can all go back to to what it was, but she she knew it couldn't, as we've referred to multiple times. And she was about to drop off the letter, and, and that was it. I believe that was it. She was she was done, and that did that that having that like we talked about earlier, uh, just a second ago, with with the child giving giving um you know people a reason to live, and she, seeing her get a reason to live to close out the first season was. Yeah, dope. I think it was an excellent um, sort of um, opposite head of the coin, where the guilty remnant sort of trying to take away people's reason to live by reminding them that this happened and then you get Nora sort mm-hmm. of getting a reason to live. I, I think it's a fantastic way to end, you know. Felt yeah, good. it felt good. It felt like a good win it's, despite it, 10 episodes of just tragedy. Yeah. And- so, you know, I think that's what's special in a show like this. Um, you know, that does kind of break you down a little bit. The wins feel yeah, better. The, the, the good moments, they, they, they hit you in, a, in a, just a more profound way. Oh, and, you know, I, I guess they're, they're hard-earned, but, I mean, that, that, I think that's, 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 that's part of the whole game plan right. here. So, this is, um, so that's where the book ends. Like, The Leftovers, as we, we mentioned earlier, that's a book. And this is where it ends. But they, um, they went on. They went on for two more seasons, and they're two of my favorite seasons. Yeah, uh, like- in television, really. I, I'm not speaking hyperbole. I'm such a fan of where we're going. So uh, we're going to come back. This is just the beginning. Uh, we didn't want to stuff it all into one episode. Um, every two weeks. Is that sound oh, good, sounds Chris? Great to me, yeah. In two weeks, we're going to uh, we'll do. Um, so if anyone wants to take the time in between to watch the next season, in two weeks, we're going to do um, season two. And then two weeks after that. Um, we'll do uh, season three. I'm sure we'll sneak in some welcome to the party pals <laughs> in between, but um, we have a lot of fun ahead. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's been a fun adventure watching all these episodes, you know, years later um, with, the, yeah. with the news. I love revisiting this. Yeah, the- I've been looking forward to for a long time. I mean, I loved it. Sorry to interrupt you. No, just a second okay. ago, But I just, I got excited. I got really excited. I've been looking forward to like, I can't wait down the road, you know, to rewatch Breaking Bad. I haven't done The Wire in a little bit. I, leftovers, I'm like, when I finished it a few years ago, when it when it ended, I'm like, man, I, I really, I'm, I've been so excited to revisit it. And, and, and it's just, it's delivering too. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed season one way more this time than, than I had before. And I'm hoping um, the same thing happens again. So, uh, Chris, thank you. Um, Glad to be here. And, uh, we're, and uh, we're, like I said, we're just getting started. A lot more of this to come. And, uh, Thank you all for joining the party. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. 
Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.